Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show I just realized didn't update all the things I say at the beginning of the show. My name's Greg Things are going well. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or on Twitch or on YouTube or on some other technology that I don't understand. Are the kids watching us on the TikTok, Pickle? I don't do that. Ask the kids next to you. Not kids, but younger than me. Are the kids watching us on the TikTok? <laughs> Interns? They're shrugging. They don't know. <laughs> they seem really intimidated. Listen, my wife is a big, uh, big TikTok person. Is she? So we can, we can, we can get on that. No problem. We'd, we'd have the bargain. There we go. On. That's what I really <laughs> want. Um, uh, either way, thank you. Or you listen to some podcasts, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice, and listen to us while you mow the lawn. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Howdy. How are you? I am doing well. Good. Thanks okay. for in asking. You don't usually ask that. <laughs> in transmission. I appreciate uh, you asking. And over in the Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Texas Football Today, Greg Powers Memorial Power Zone. What? <laughs> you should really watch the show sometime, dude. This is not new. Uh, it's the College Football Insider for, uh, Dave, for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Shahan J. Raja. Hi, Shahan. Hey, you're thanks wearing, for having me. You're wearing your Texas Western National Championship. Listen, yeah, listen. I can pull that down so we can see it a little I, better there. <laughs> there you go. I have, I have a very select amount of orange national championship gear. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, you know, and so I figured that I'd rep the, the greatest basketball team from the state of all time. All respect to, to Baylor, who's obviously tremendous. Uh, I will say, sitting in the power zone here, kind of don't know where to look. I know. I, I, got, I got Greg over there. I got Ashley over here. got the camera right here. I, That's I don't know where to look. That's the greatness of it. You're just going to buzz the lens and be like, <laughs> you just <"Hello."> <laughs> Um, today, it's going to be a fun show, guys. We're national champions around here. Uh, today is Monday, May 17th, 2021. 192 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 1167. 1167. This is the Hyun Jong Yang episode. He is a present Texas Ranger who has appeared in four games. Cool. There you go. On today's show, friends, we've got headlines from across the state that won't include the biggest headline from across the state because we're going to spin that off into its own segment. So don't get mad at us if in the first 15 minutes we don't mention the thing. We know what happened, okay? <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, in the back half of the show, we'll talk about the thing. 
Uh, we'll talk about uh, the national champion. You don't have to tease, okay? We know that Tommy Bush is at North Texas. It's Tommy now. Bush at North Texas. <laughs> We're doing a, whole, a whole segment on Tommy Let's Bush transfer to North Texas. Uh, we will have we'll talk about the national champion uh, Sam Houston Bearcats coming up here at the back half of the show. Going to be a fun show. Not a, the first show we've ever gotten. Uh, no, we've had uh, when Mary Harden Baylor's won a title. Uh, we've talked about them, but this will be the the uh, the first Division One national championship yes, we've yes, been able to yes. talk about on the show. So excited about that! Do we have first four through the door, Ashley? We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Daniel Agnew, Miss Terry Adams, and then I don't know if the comments aren't just refreshing, but we did have a comment on YouTube, so we're going to shout out Matthew on YouTube. Shout out Matthew! Shout Thank out! You. Matthew. Thank you for watching on, on <laughs> the YouTube. Big YouTube energy. That's fine. <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's get to some headlines. And again, if you're here for Sam Houston talk, we've got a whole bunch of it. In a, little, in a little bit. We, don't, we want to make sure we give it a chance to do. So we didn't want to lump it in with other important things. Uh, but uh, Shahan, I'm glad you're here because I want to talk about there are two moves over the weekend in the wide receiver ranks that could be relatively impactful, I would say, for the two programs. The first uh, is that Shadrick Banks has landed. Of course, the yeah. Galena Park North Shore star and uh, Texas A&M signee who announced that he was transferring um, soon after, pretty much right after spring football, he announced he was transferring. He has landed at TCU as uh, the as Gary Patterson reels in the four-star prospect uh, out of Galena Park North Shore. Um, I mean, so so yeah, here, go ahead, let go. me jump I'll in for one second. In. According to the athletic Sam Khan, our friend Sam Khan, our friend Sam Khan, well dressed Sam Khan, the well dressed Sam Khan, uh, who all of us aspire to, of course. Apparently, no longer wide receiver. That is interesting. Apparently and going to be playing linebacker at TCU. Now, Ooh, okay. now one thing I think is is now he's he's a guy who is always a stout wide receiver. Yes. Yes. Great speed, but he's always a big boy. He's a, he's a big boy. He's a big boy with an eye. And <laughs> the so moving him to to linebacker, I would be very interested in talking with John Kay at North Shore and getting a feel for do you think this transition could go well? I will say this. He's always seemed like a pretty smart player, and he's always seemed like a pretty good athlete, and those seem like the kind of things that that would translate well to moving to linebacker. Furthermore, doesn't Gary Patterson just get the benefit of the doubt whenever he's like, this guy's a defender and he can be a star? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The thing that I'll say about Gary Patterson's defense is, okay, so they run a 4-2-5 for people who kind of don't know. You know, you're you're playing with two linebackers who are asked to do a whole lot, right? They're asked to step back in coverage. They're asked to to rush the passer. They're asked to clog up the middle of the field. Uh, Obviously, physically, Shadrick Banks will be able to do all of that. Uh, The other thing that I'll say about Gary Patterson's linebackers is very few of the players who Gary Patterson comes to TCU with start out as linebackers. Mm -hmm. He's primarily moving guys, usually from safety. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not usually from wide receiver, but, uh, but, you know, this is a program that is used to teaching guys how to play linebacker. And so you look actually, uh, you look at Garrett Waller, just picked in the NFL draft, of course, he came in as a safety, right? I, I believe D. Winters came in as a safety. This is common. And sometimes you also have it go the other way where you get maybe these lanky defensive line prospects who they move back. So this is a program that knows how to teach linebackers. It's critical to kind of the development of their defense that they do that. And I think you look physically. I mean, it's really interesting to me more than anything that that Chadrick Banks kind of decided this quick that Mm -hmm. I'm okay not playing wide receiver because you'd imagine that there would be a lot of programs that kind of said, look, you know, 
You were a great wide receiver in high school at North Shore, obviously. Maybe you can do it at the college level. Maybe we need you at tight end. Maybe we need you on defense. Maybe we need you somewhere else. Uh, obviously, A&M gave him the ability to play at wide receiver. So I think that it's interesting, obviously, that he, that he made the decision to go there even though he won't play wide receiver. But uh, I think for him, this is a great move for his development, in my opinion. I think that you look at the game of football, there – look. All due respect, receivers are a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. To, ha- to be a really good linebacker, somebody who obviously has the ability to get after it, uh, to step back in coverage, I think that that's a great win for him, and I think it's going to do wonders for his long-term development. Does that also say that is it Gary saying you're just going to make a fantastic linebacker and we have to put you there, or is it the fact that maybe they have TCU has a better core of wide receivers than we were anticipating too? Yeah, I, I think that they probably see where he can be long-term, right? I, I think that they kind of see – because I don't think Shadrick Banks, either at linebacker or receiver, is going to be a legit day-one contributor, right, Whether at either position. I do think that they have some talent at wide receiver. Uh, and, you know, so I, I do think that it makes sense that he wouldn't necessarily be a day-one contributor there. I, I do think he could get on the field potentially quicker at wide receiver, but I think that you just look at Banks and you look at what Gary Patterson's done with linebackers. I think that he knows, look, I, I mean, we've had players come through this program that were picked in the first and second round, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that if you're, again, if you're Shadrick Banks, you know, Maybe you could have considered that playing at Texas A&M. Maybe you could have considered changing positions. But I do think at the same time, I mean, this is a program that is built in a lot of ways around their linebackers and their safeties. And I think that uh, that there's no better place to get development than at TCU. It's it's a pretty pretty darn good uh, get there for TCU. Uh, regardless of where they play him, he was such a start at, at, at North Shore that he will be, uh, I'm sure, uh, put in a position to succeed there at TCU. So that was one big headline wide receiver transfer. The other one... Uh, comes via North Texas. Ah. The Mean Green uh, have hauled in an SEC receiver, uh, and that is Tommy Bush, the Shirts Clemens star uh, who went off to Georgia, uh, played for Kirby Smart. He was, I think he ends up with a grand total of like four catches, three catches or something. He was He battled injuries the whole time. Now, I will say this, but he's transferring to North Texas. I will say this. Talk about a guy who's got his life straightened out. He got his degree from Georgia in three years, and now he's going to go and get a master's at North Texas. That seems like a pretty good deal there for Tommy <laughs> yeah. Bush. Like, off the field, obviously he would have preferred to be playing football, but he will go to to North Texas, uh, and a guy who was, I believe, a four-star coming oh, out of he Shirts was, Clemens. He was a star. So, so thinking back a little, okay, people, people who know me obviously know that uh, that I went to Baylor and have been around that program for a while. Uh, when Tommy Bush was getting recruited, it was down to Georgia and Baylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the thing that always kills you, you know, being one of these in-state schools is uh, he would have been the best player in Baylor's class. He was the 11th best player in Georgia's yeah. class, right? You know, that's, that's just the sort of thing where it's like, man, I know they do a good job. I know, I mean, you know, with George Pickens right now uh, at Georgia, he's going to be potentially a first or second round NFL draft pick. So they do a great job over there. I see why people pick him, of course. But, man, it's killer to lose a kid like that out of state. But, you know, he was a really highly rated prospect coming out of Shirts Clemens. I mean, one of the top receivers in the state of Texas. Uh, again, I think he was a top, like a borderline top 200 type player coming out of high school. To get a kid like that at North Texas, especially, you know, you're losing Jalen Darden this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lost a couple other kids to transfers. They're high on Jair Shorter. I, I know mm-hmm. that that's a guy who they think is going to be a star very, very soon. But but to add a kid like Tommy Bush to that room, a big, lanky, physical kid, you know, somebody who can definitely win on the outside. You know, I think a lot of North Texas better returning receivers are going to play inside. I think that that's just a huge win for this program. And we saw, I mean, Last year, I mean, North Texas has good wide receivers, but 
this is another level of player, mm -hmm. right? You, you lose a Jalen Darden, you want to be adding a Tommy Bush, along with, again, a Jair Shorter, who was out a lot of last year due to injuries. And so I think this just adds so much to the, the depth of the room. It really spreads it out. I think it's a new skill set to the room is the other thing, too. And I think that if you've looked at North Texas' most successful teams, they have those multiplicity of receivers, right? They have different types of receivers who some can go long, some can go short, some can, you know, be these underneath guys. Michael Lawrence obviously being one of those types of guys. And I think that adding a Tommy Bush to this room, I, I think it's going to make everybody in the room better. And on top of that, you know, whether it's uh, obviously Asanani, who we think right now is going to be the starting quarterback, or if it's Jace Reuter, who's coming in from North Carolina, I think it's going to give him, uh, you know, whichever one it is, a mm -hmm. tremendous safety blanket to have a player like Tommy Bush on the outside. If, if, if he can get healthy, you know what I mean? Yes. If he can stay, stay healthy, the, there's never, no Nobody's ever said anything about his skill set. That's no. that's not in question. The only question is whether or not he can stay on the field. And uh, and, and if he can, then he that's a, that's a big boost to that North Texas uh, receiving. I core. think he'll add. A, I think he'll add a lot on leadership too. Just a mm. guy who's super yeah. driven off the field. I think that with all the uncertainty at quarterback that they went through last year and this upcoming year, it's like they need that Jalen Darden type leadership as well. Yeah, and and the other thing that I'll mention is that I, I mean I'm not I'm not going to pretend that I followed his transfer. Uh, mm. You know, it's all, all recruitment all that that, that closely, but. You know, I think that whenever you have a kid come from a school like Georgia, you know, one of these big-time SC schools, you know he can land somewhere, right, in the Power Five if he wanted to, right? I mean, you know, whether it's he could have ended up at an Oregon State or, you know, just one of those types of schools, you know, where, where you'll get a chance. I think that it says a lot about a kid to look at what he wants and what will fit him best. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, with Tommy Bush coming back to the Metroplex, coming back to the state of Texas, of course, in an offense that is very wide receiver friendly when it's rolling, uh, and obviously a chance to be back, you know, to be in the Metroplex, be back in the state of Texas, not too far from home. I, I think that this is really a good fit for him, both on and off the field. And I think that it says a lot about a player, like you mentioned, when they graduate so quickly, when they have options in front of them, uh, to be able to make a decision that's right for them. And, and in a lot of ways, you know, we have to see what it does on the field, but I think for Tommy Bush, in a lot of ways, this was the right decision. Um, so that's that's obviously big news from the college front. We're going to get back in the college front here in just a moment uh, to talk about, uh, I guess, some other thing that happened. But uh, but a couple other headlines from across the state. There, Believe it or not, uh, there are still uh, coaching changes going on yeah. uh, in the high school ranks. Uh, Arlington Lamar has hired... Uh, they have hired Billy Skinner, uh, the, court, uh, the coach from Irving MacArthur. He will move from the Cardinals to go take over the Vikings. He is a Lamar alum. Uh, he was an assistant at Lamar. He was the defensive coordinator there from 2015 and 2019. Now he's going to go be their head coach, uh, taking over for Laban DeLay. Of course, Laban DeLay uh, took off for uh, – where did he end up at? Uh, DeLay ended up at – South Grand Prairie. Yes, which is in the same district. Correct, yes. Whew. So that, that was – Yeah, he, um, he transferred over districts, <laughs> which is always, always uh, interesting. There's a couple of those this year. Uh, breaking news coming down from Matt Stepp, a couple of news. Uh, Leveland will have another coach. Uh, the Fighting Matt Wilson. Uh, yes, the Fighting Matt Wilson. <laughs> I already texted him and said, it's time for you to go home. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> hey, bud, your calling card Andy, is here. <laughs> Andy Carell uh, is, is, uh, will not return for a third season, so Leveland is looking for a new head coach and athletic director, uh, from what I understand, uh, according to Matt up our high school football insider and finally a fourth polytechnic has opened jeff green has resigned yeah. his post he's going to become the office coordinator at crowley uh where he's got a tight relationship with jj resendez the coach over there at uh that's at, not the same district no i don't believe so um i would need to look that up but uh, off the top of my head i don't think so uh but they are um he was the office coordinator for um 
for South Hills when J.J. Resendez was there. And if you remember, that was one of the best offenses in the state. Mm -hmm. And so they're hoping to kind of relight that fire there at Crowley. Uh, as uh, But Fort Worth Polytechnic, the Parrots, are looking for a new head coach. Um, and then finally, there was seven on seven this weekend. A lot of it. A lot of it. A dozen tournaments. <laughs> a dozen tournaments uh, from across the state at the Westwood uh, Warriors SQT. Uh, Lake Travis and College Station have qualified by uh, by by virtue of there at the Arlington SQT. Uh, Denton, Geyer, and Little Elm are into the state tournament there in College Station. Uh, at the Cy Creek SQT, Katie Tompkins and Cy Woods make it into uh, punch their ticket to uh, College Station in the Division Two ranks. Needville is in. They beat Navasota in the uh, the finals of the Roughnecks SQT. Roughnecks. Where was that? Hold on. Let me look this up. See if I can figure it out by looking at it. Roughnecks. West Columbia? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting distracted. Um, the Graham, reel it back in. The Graham <laughs> SQT, uh, Breckenridge and Melissa are through to, uh, to uh, College Station. At the Houston CES SQT, mm -hmm. uh, Silsby and El Campo qualified. Hitchcock uh, wins their own tournament. Uh, they beat. Uh, they win the SQT by uh, beating Hampshire. They West through. Columbia. West Columbia, thank you. You're welcome. Um, did I say that? I think I said that. You did. Good job. Fredericksburg SQT, uh, it is uh, it is Somerset and Wimberley who are through. Paris, the SQT. Kaufman beats Terrell in overtime to make it to the uh, college station. And down in Division Three at the Buffalo SQT, Hearn and Gunner uh, are into the uh, SQT, are into the state tournament. Stam the Stamford SQT out west, uh, it was Dublin and Hawley. The Rice Raiders SQT, East Bernard, and Tidehaven. Uh, East Pretty Bernard. Pretty chalky. Pretty chalky. Those that I, I, this, this is this is a lot of teams that we see every year in college station. I was going to say I think that um, this upcoming week will be when stuff starts shifting yes, a little bit more. I would say so. This is the first big weekend of of, of state qualifying tournaments, so mm -hmm. I would say no real surprises there. Uh, this week will probably be the week that we get any sort of surprises. We'll so be at a grapevine. There are some headlines from across the state. You'll be on grapevine. I will. I be. won't. Mallory, myself, and uh, our great white north friend will yes, be back in Texas right, for the first right. time since leaving us. That stuff will be back. So. There's all that. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage, high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Two magazines and a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. If you want the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mailed to you before his newsstands, uh, you can uh, become you can get that in your mailbox at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Makes a great gift as well. Uh, today is Ashley's birthday. No, it's so not. It's make sure Rob's that birthday. you... Oh, it is Rob's birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Rob. Happy birthday, Rob. <laughs> This is news to me. Uh, I'll, I, Unconfirmed he, report. He, he admits on there. Yeah, yeah. I can confirm room, that it is his A room birthday. full of journalists are like, uh, what's your source on this? Uh, anyway. The man himself. TexasFootball.com slash Get Rob a subscription. To become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Use promo code Robel. No, no money off. No discount. No money uh, off. We'll just know it'll be a nice happy birthday. It'll be nice. Promo code Robel uh, to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, makes great kids as well. Also. Two weeks from Friday. The okay? big day. Two weeks from Friday. That is Friday, June 4th. Mark your calendar to be right here as we will be unveiling the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football cover. The exclusive cover reveal presented by our friends at Home Field Apparel. Yeah. 
uh, we will be unveiling the cover here at texasfootball.com. Uh, if you are here at that's noon. an exciting day around this office. Big doings, Ooh. big like, doings. That's a fun day to come. Get in. people yelling at us. It's it, fun. <laughs> we got some great covers this year too. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I think yeah. people are gonna like. <laughs> I think people are gonna like. All right, I hey. guess we should probably talk about it. The thing. Um, the thing. This weekend in soggy Frisco, Whew. we crown a national champion in the FCS ranks. And gosh darn it, if it wasn't those pesky Sam Houston Bearcats, 23-21 over South Dakota State. He was there. We go over the power zone to talk with Shahan J. Raja. Uh, You were there. Did you have a fun time at the football game? Once we crossed halftime, I had an amazing time. Uh (laughs) It only took like... Three hours to get there. Hey, but halftime was brief. <laughs> it, it was three a three-minute halftime, which is something that obviously I am pitching forever. I, I don't think anybody should ever have a halftime longer than three minutes. But really, I, I mean, this game was incredible. It started, it was a real physical battle. I mean, it, early in the game, yeah, I know there was the rain and all, but man, it was it was just, it was a battle. It was a fight. I mean, this these two teams are so physical. I think that's something that people don't realize about this level of football is that you know, at the, at the highest level, right, you're, it's a speed game. It's a speed and obviously a physicality game. But, man, when you are down at, at the FCS level because of those Dakota schools, mm-hmm. they're trying to beat your butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how they're trying to beat you. And, and you know, I mean, I wrote a story about it a couple weeks ago. You know, back in 2017, Sam Houston had the number one offense in the country, played against North Dakota State, lost 55-13. Yeah. So they rebuilt themselves in so many ways. So, you know, what was, you know, one <laughs> an ass-kicking one way mm-hmm. the, uh, a couple years ago, just went both ways this year against South Dakota State. Well, and and I thought, you know, one thing I thought was interesting is is the it's seven seven whenever it hits the uh, lightning, lightning delay. delay. It was lightning yes. delay officially. Yes. yes, lightning delay. I mean, it was rain. It was raining cats and dogs, so they could have just said uh, too much rain. Let's yeah. stop for a no, minute. No, they it had that like lightning. eight yeah. mile radius of yeah. lightning. Um, hit. so they they end up going in in for a a, a lengthy delay, and at seven to seven, I remember thinking. Well, this is like the turning point of the season. Uh, like whatever happens right now, it's basically a, a, a two and a half quarter game, and and whoever comes out of this firing is going to be able to uh, to figure it out now that or is going to win the title, and and it I think it came at a decent time for for Sam Houston. They obviously score on the on the on the long screen pass to to tie the game at seven to seven. But be basically before that play, it was fumble. City. They had looked really <laughs> out of sorts. City. They looked really. I hate to say this because I know how Coach Keeler tends to coach those guys up, but it, it there were moments where I was thinking, "Is this stage too big for them?" And 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 I wonder if that if that came down that they just went to him and said, "Guys, after that big play and then the delay to go in there and say, "Guys, calm down. We've got this." And I wonder if it ended up coming at a, at a decent time for them. Yeah, I think what's interesting is a lot of people, once this rain started coming down, I mean, we knew it was going to, at least at that moment, until the weather cleared up, it was going to be a running-centric football game. And I think in a lot of ways, that went against Sam Houston. I think that if mm-hmm. once the game could open up and they could pass the ball, I think the game changed, honestly. I, I, I know that, you know, they, they certainly looked somewhat out of sorts early in the game. I really think that the weather played a huge part in that because I think that on both sides of the ball, 
you saw that the teams just gave up on passing for a while. You know, they just started running a lot of quarterback run with North Texas with Eric Schmidt. Uh, you know, and on the other side, too, the other factor that happened with South Dakota State is their starting quarterback was knocked out of the game with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it was all running. It was all physical. It was all beating up on each other. And, you know, I, I think that Sam Houston is built to be able to do that for stretches. But they are made to get the ball to Jaquez Azard. Yeah. They are made to get the ball to Ife Adei. They are made to get the ball outside to their receivers and, and to let Eric Schmidt cook. And, you know, I think Casey Keeler said heading into this game and, and has said multiple times, you know, we feel like our offensive line is a year away from being great. We think it's very good right now. But, you know, you look at that South Dakota State offensive line, they were sitting on people. And this is a great Sam Houston defensive front. But I think that that getting, you know, that, that weather break was a great opportunity for them, like you said, to settle down a little bit. Thankfully, the field dried up a little bit too, and they were able to kind of at least get something going in the passing game. And once that happened, I mean – I said going in, I felt like that outside game was going to be the thing that Sam Houston could do that I didn't think South Dakota State could match up with, and that kind of ended up happening. So it gets to um, the fourth quarter. It gets to the fourth quarter, and Sam Houston has a... um, Did they kick the field goal in the third quarter? I guess they kicked the field goal in the third quarter. At the end of the third. At the end of the third third quarter. So they're going in the fourth quarter. It's 17-7. Sam Houston has roared back. They've got two touchdowns from Azard. They are... They're they're cooking. Up up 17-14. Or uh, 17-7. South Dakota State gets touchdown. Okay, fine. Whatever. They... uh, You know, Sam Houston ends up needing to punt and... I'll be honest, with 5.30, I guess six minutes or so left in the game. I was getting nervous. <laughs> that is when um, that is when they, they ended up, uh, they punted, and that is when the, uh, I mean, one of the most incredible runs you'll ever see. Yeah. Grown man. Um, <laughs> true freshman Isaiah Davis breaks I, away, 85-yard touchdown. I mean, it was... It was the Marshawn Lynch, you know, like nobody is stopping it, me type it, thing. It felt... I'll be on, and maybe this is the sports defeatist in me. Yeah. But this felt like the, oh no, like <laughs> I was desti- <laughs> destiny is set, and it's not in favor of Sam Houston. Like, in in all honesty, I was like, I was like, that's that's the legend. That's, that's, that's the legendary play. That's the play that everybody's going to talk about. That's the play that that's going to go down in South Dakota State history as bringing them a national championship. But with 5:41 left, it was like, all right, like you. In a lot of ways, for South for Sam Houston, that's where they've lived this whole playoffs. Whole playoffs. The whole playoffs they've lived in a. All right, Eric Schmidt, go do your go thing. do your thing, boy. Let's and go. Let's sure go. Ninety eight yards down. <laughs> did he come through one more time in an incredible, incredible drive where they picked up? I mean, they came up with some big time. He made some big time throws. He wasn't always accurate in this game, but down the stretch, he made some big boy throws. That won them a national championship, including, I want to say what it was. It was fourth and three. Yeah, he, he fourth and one and third and eight, and he ran for about five. Yeah, and six or so, and yeah. it's up fourth and two, fourth and one, and and he ends up throwing that out. Was that to Azard or was no, no, the, no? That was the uh, oh yeah, that that yeah, was that one. yeah. He he ended up finding Azard, and Azard made a crazy catch. Yeah. I feel like we didn't talk about that play enough. He's they just slipping. Kept yeah, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the turf. Yeah, he's slipping on the turf, going down, and ends up having the wherewithal to haul it in to get the first right. down, which ended up being a, it, in the box score. It's like a six yard pass, but it's like an <laughs> unbelievable, sh- unbelievable play. The strength to not let hit, you can see it register in his head, and when they did it in slow mo, of his knee was about to touch, and he almost kind of 
buckles his knee out yeah. from underneath yeah. him to keep it from hitting the ground. Well, and and look, everybody on the field knew who exactly he was going to go to. He was going to go to Jaquez Hazard, yeah. and it didn't matter. Thir- he still got it. It was 34 seconds left. It was fourth and three at the South Dakota State 15. Mm-hmm. And Schmidt finds Hazard on an out route where he's, again, he's slipping yeah. for five yards and a first down. And again, it's like, in the box score, it's a five-yard pass. But it's like <laughs> everything that's going into it, right. that's one of the biggest plays in Sam Houston history. And three plays later is you th- you you wrote a piece on TexasFootball.com. You said it's going to go down in Huntsville as the throw. Yeah. It was it was Eric Schmidt threading the needle yeah. and finding Mansfield Legacy Zone Ifeadia <laughs> for the game winning national championship what, winning touchdown. What was it like in the press box at that moment? Like when that happened? Yeah, so well, I have to say, I have to say. I mean, just just to take people through the play, okay, because I did write a piece about it up at textfootball.com, okay. So so basically they're facing third and ten. Mm-hmm. And, and game on the line, less than twenty seconds left in the game, right? And uh, South Dakota State said that they ca- called like a cover two zone, right? They, they were going to play it safe. They're like, if you're going to get it, you're going to have to, you know, we're going to converge on you. You're going to have to run for it, right? And Eric Schmidt's like, bet. <laughs> you well, know? And, and by the way, it's worth mentioning because yeah. they've, they've, uh, they've just called their last timeout. Yeah. It's th- so they have no timeouts. There's only 21 seconds 21 left. 21 seconds. Mm-hmm. So if he gets sacked, and by the way, it's, it's third down. Mm-hmm. So if he gets sacked, he can't spike the ball. No. Right. Uh, or if he runs for it and he doesn't get it, they can't spike the ball. They got to run another play. So this is, for all intents and purposes, this has to go in the end zone. Right. Mm-hmm. And South Dakota State yeah. knows it. Everybody yeah. knows it. Yeah. I mean, all of their d- defensive backs, I mean, they got seven or eight guys just standing there in the end zone waiting, right? They're going to converge. And so they call a four verts. Ife Day comes kind of across the middle. And and you have three defenders converging on Ife mm-hmm. Day at that point. And Eric Schmidt's just like, I can make that throw. Yeah. I can make it. And he throws it right in the middle. We've got a photo of Brandon McAuliffe, one of our photographers, got a tremendous photo. Like, literally, he's getting hit from three directions at the same time as he's catching the ball. He hangs on to it. Game-winning touchdown. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. And, I mean, just that, that moment, you know, you, to, to answer your question, you know, to take it back into the press box. For me, I they've lived in this realm yeah. this entire playoffs. I mean, it was a game-sealing interception against Monmouth. It was obviously having to come back uh, against North Dakota State at the last minute. It was 24-3 against James Madison. To me, there was never a doubt in my mind. I, I yeah. knew five and a half minutes left, you left him too much time, right? And, and in, so much, in so many ways, I felt like Sam Houston, you know, this was a team that I felt like once the rain delay came, they were just better the mm-hmm. entire second half. There, there was this big play, you know, all this sort of stuff happened. And look, it, it's it obviously sucks that uh, Gronowski, their starting quarterback, went out. So we kind of didn't get that. But yeah. but I just felt like Sam Houston was better all day long after that uh, after that moment. And and so you know to see them come down the field. I mean, third and ten. I, I mean, I don't think people. I mean, people who play obviously facing third and goal from the ten and needing to get into the end zone. Everybody knows what's coming. You yeah. can't do anything. You have to throw to the end zone. Everybody's going to sit back. It's basically like throwing a Hail Mary. You know, yeah. everybody knows what's coming. And uh, and for Schmidt to, to find that crease, to find that opening, uh, you know, I thought that Ryan Cardi, the offensive coordinator, did a great job of swinging uh, Jaquez's art out to kind of draw the defense, take their eyes there because everybody thought the ball was going there. And, and for Eric Schmidt to come through, I mean, it was it was incredible. Apropos of nothing, I, I should probably remind everybody that, um, that Eric Schmidt was not a finalist for the Walter Payton <laughs> Award. He Which wasn't a semifinalist. So See, here's the thing, right? It's one thing to kind of say. I'm not, I'm not bitter. You set off the bomb. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's the thing, right? 
it is one thing to say Eric Schmidt doesn't win the Walter Payton Award, right? I, I think that's fine. Jaquez Lazard, I think, had an equal case to it. If you're if you're in a split, Cameron list. Ward. Cameron Ward also. Uh, listen, I don't I don't want to say anything uh, mean or rude about Cole Kelly. He had a great season. Yeah. He also was probably the fourth best quarterback in the Southland Conference this year. But I understand not giving it to him. To not be on the semifinals list of 16, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. And I think heading into next year, I mean, I, I was joking with uh, with uh, Ben Reichert over at Sam Houston State after the game. Don't worry. We're ready to start spreading the narrative once the fall comes around because it is crazy that Eric Schmidt was not on this list. I know that Sam Houston does a lot of things well. I know that they've got great receivers. I know that Jaquez Lazard may be the best receiver in America. I know that their defense one of the best in America. He, Eric Schmidt is not the only reason that Sam Houston's a good team. But the difference between 2019 when they go 7-5 and five, and a team that beats North Dakota State, James Madison, Monmouth, and, uh, and obviously South Dakota State to win the national championship, the, the number one team in the country, the number one seed in the playoffs, and, uh, and North Dakota State, the eight of the last nine national championships, to beat all those teams on the way to the title, that does not happen without Derek Smith. That's, that, that is the thing, and I sat here, not to, not to, to brag, but I am the host of this show, so here we go. Um, I sat here, and on Thursday, Pickle, did I guarantee a victory? I guaranteed Sam Houston victory. He did. It's on now video. I said it was like, be okay, if, if, if this was not on video and you just said it out in the office, I would have been like, no, you didn't. Shut up. But it no. is on video and, and people could and prove what me wrong. It so ended yes, up you coming did. down to for me, and the difference was, because I think like most people, we thought it was going to be a close game, and it was. What it ended up coming down to was one of these teams, I think, has walked an extremely difficult path to get here. I think Monmouth was a super tough first round, like a super underrated first round matchup. Mm-hmm. Then they beat North Dakota State. And then James Madison, who may have in fact been the second best team in the country, yeah, they beat them. And then you know to the path that they walked, there is no nobody can claim they didn't earn this. Man. Nobody can claim that they did not walk the walk the walk to get to their first FCS national championship and, and makes, the first national champ, FCS national championship uh, in Texas history. That makes me so pumped for them too, because it's one thing to just win, but it's another thing to know that you went absolutely were put through the ringer week in and week out and made it all the way to the top mm-hmm. to end in a fashion like that like that's that's movie yeah, listen, territory I, you know I know that there were a lot of people I mean gosh my mentions and the Facebook comments all this sort of stuff right who were Roast saying like him. this was <laughs> this was a spring season it wasn't the real season all this sort of stuff look here's the deal here's the deal right this is when the NCAA decided to have their national championship everybody knew if they wanted to play for a national championship it was going to happen in the spring the other thing, too, right, yes, I, I think that obviously in a lot of ways this wasn't the best North Dakota State team. Well, listen, that's just kind of football, right? Mm-hmm. You play who's in front of you, and, I mean, this was a very, very good North Dakota State team. And if there was any doubt that Sam Houston State deserved it, it's going through those three teams. Yes. Look, if, if South Dakota State, I, I mean, I'm not saying that theirs would have been illegitimate by any means either, but, you know, t- to go through that path, I think, that, you know, you can have a conversation, right, like, oh, is this the most – but to do what they did – to have to fight everything that they did, I mean, my goodness. I, what more do you want to see from a national championship team than having to play the three best teams in the country, not named Sam Houston, in a row? And, I, I mean, it, it's just – and on top of that, you look at Sam Houston now. They've only got 109 days to prepare for their next season, yeah. right? 
this is, I think, as difficult a national championship as anybody has ever won. And, and I think no better way for Sam Houston to win it. Uh, and by the way, you have to feel good. Well, let's, you know, there's a lot of things to go through. You have to write now a preview for next season for a magazine that goes to press next Friday. So <sighs> <Yeah>. thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, um, well, speaking of, uh, speaking of calling your shot, uh, I did submit a f- copy of the Sam Houston yes, preview to you. And I wrote it like they won the national championship because to me there was never a doubt. That's true. That's that's in. That I'm just uh, gonna hop on this train and said I said it too. <laughs> if everyone else said it, then I said it. You're you're you can be you can be you can hop on board with my prediction. You you didn't you didn't fight me on it. No, I agreed. Yeah, I um, shook my head. Listen, if somebody in this office said yes, that's gonna stay. They're gonna they're gonna kick Sam Houston's ass. Would have gotten him out of this office. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. Um, well, the one thing I Fair. will say, and and and, and uh, we should we should give uh, you know give a lot of credit and give a lot of uh, uh, appreciation to Casey Keeler. Um, Texas Football Today's own Casey own. Yes. Um, Go watch our 28-minute interview with him on We had, had a great time. Um, that he, you know, when he came here from Delaware, mm-hmm. you know, he had won a national title there at Delaware. And I think that there were people who were like, well, why would he, why would, like, he's got a sweet gig. Like, like you're, you're, you're. Well, he, he, remember, he was fired from Delaware. Yeah, fired from Delaware. He was fired from Delaware. And he had kind of said, actually, he talked about this a lot in the playoffs, that you know, people had kind of blackballed him a little bit for whatever reason. He had actually found a job in NFL films working in the media. Like, he, he kind of thought that he wasn't going to coach again. And I think that he was also like, look, I'm not going to take a job unless I can. I feel like I can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Unless I feel like I can go and win at the highest level. And, you know, so I, I think that you go back it, to the moment that he was hired at Sam Houston. You know, he asked for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he asked, we need to have full-time summer school like you see in the FBS ranks. We need to have uh, a full-time strength and conditioning coach dedicated to football, a nutritionist dedicated to football. These are not asks that are common at the FCS level. And I think one thing to mention is that with the win yesterday, Casey Keeler became the first coach to win an FCS national championship at multiple schools. And on top of that... Oh, I didn't realize that. And the other thing is that yesterday he became the winningest all-time playoff coach in the history of the FCS, passing Jim Trestle. I mean... That's I mean it's incredible. It's incredible. Awesome. And 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 by uh, I'll throw another thing out there. Here's a complete list of active coaches in the state of Texas who have multiple national titles. Okay? Casey Keeler, Pete Fredenberg. That's it. That's a list. And it is it's 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 impressive what he's been able to do and I think that it is um I had forgotten he got fired. Yeah. Uh, but talk about redemption. You know what I mean? Like they fi- they fired him because he went like 5 and 6 one year. Like, they fired him because he had a bad year at Delaware. And it's like, all right. Like, he goes to Sam Houston, and he and they had always been, you know. And his players like him, too. Oh, man. yeah. You I mean, you can tell. You post-game interview. They were, they and, loved and it. And he turns, he turns Sam Houston into a consistent contender and now a national champion. And, and I look, if anybody wants to put an asterisk next to this title, like, come and fight me. Like, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll fight you. That's fine. Like, we'll, we'll just we'll just throw down. I've been working out. And, and, and. Flex. Yeah. And, and I just. <laughs> I just like I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. Now, you can say what you want about Trey Lance. Okay, fine. I don't care. You play who's in front of you. Well, and the thing and, is too, and, the thing is too that, that was the best team in FCS this year. There's Sam FBS Houston was quarterbacks the, that do that all the well, time. Yeah, and Houston was the best team in FCS this year. Hard stop, no doubt about it. Well, and the thing that to add to that, yeah, North Dakota State ended up losing four players to the draft. That's a big deal, right? I'm not going to pretend that that's not a big deal. This is the team that would play in the mm-hmm. fall and that will play in the fall. Yeah. You know, guess what? Sometimes your team loses players to the NFL. Yes. That's a thing that happens, and, and it's a tremendous compliment to North Dakota State. But the idea that they're guaranteed to get players that are as good as those in the first place after losing them, there, there's no guarantee. And look, hey, guess what? When, uh, when Jeremiah Briscoe graduated from Sam Houston, 
Sam Houston became a little worse. That's what happens. Yeah. It's football. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, look, we'll get another opportunity to play this fall season, of course. And, and look, we'll, we'll see how they uh, deal with only 109 days to prepare for their next season. But I, I think that Sam Houston's going to have another chance to potentially win two national championships in eight months. It's it's a remarkable ending to a remarkable season. That's 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 for darn sure. And so uh, congratulations to Sam Houston, the national champions uh, of the uh, of FCS Deserve it, deserve it, champions. I don't remember which player it was, but one more thing. They uh, they posted a picture of them after the game celebrating and stuff, and the caption was, kiss my asterisks. <laughs> Love it. That's that's what? next level Twitter <laughs> caption right there. That's <laughs> so great. National champions. We're hanging the banner. Because that's what they were saying. Like, no, we're forget no. it. Forget it. Forget the asterisks. I mean, the idea, the idea too, that the one that needs an asterisk is the team that had to go through North Dakota State, yeah. James Madison, yeah, exactly. and, uh, and South Dakota State when, like, we had AP poll national champions. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Th- you're, you're acting like this is an illegitimate one. And and I just have to do one more thing. Okay. They had to go through so much this past year. They didn't have locker rooms because they're redoing their facilities. They had to do laundry at home. They had to get dressed at home. They had to walk in and out of the facility, up through the bleachers. They had, uh, you know, they had the freeze that they had to deal with. People came to the mm-hmm. gym just to get energy and light at that point. Obviously, we had all this stuff uh, around COVID. I mean, obviously, we had all this stuff uh, around the racial strife of last summer, which was something that they really had to reckon with as well. They have been through as much as any football team that I have ever covered, and they come through as national champions. There's nothing that you can say that can ever make me question that they're the most deserving national champions uh, that that could there possi- that there could possibly be in the FCS ranks this year. Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider, listen to the Republic of Football. Will you? Prob- I bet you'll talk about it on the Republic of Football this week. Uh, we we might bring it up. We might touch on it. Uh, <laughs> he is. You can listen, subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast, and of course, read his fine work on textfootball.com, including his breakdown of the throw, uh, the 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 national championship winning throw from Eric Schmidt uh, that we saw win bring a title to Huntsville. Now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, with all of that Sam Houston talk, wanted to give my final thought is we give a shout out to Corey Hogue, our small college football yes. insider, for because talk about like like it's been a weird year for all of us, but mm. this man went from covering no football in the fall like he's used to to doing everything that he usually does during an insane spring yeah. season. So shout out to our guy Corey. We couldn't forget to say that. Yes, absolutely. Um, he was he was all over it, and uh, and and shout out. We had two photographers, Brandon McAuliffe and uh, and, and Zach and, Bird. And Zach Bird out there. So shout out to them for for braving the weather too. <laughs> We got uh, to sit inside. It was great. Yeah, I'm sure you were having no a great time. About it. Um, having a oh, also, one more thing. And just because I'm, I'm a jerk. Uh, all the people who are yelling at you about wearing a mask in your in your, in your, <laughs> post, in your post-game interaction. I don't make the rules. I just want people to understand that, that I don't make box. NCAA rules. That's an NCAA rule. It's not even like a Toyota Stadium rule. It's like the NCAA. And we would like to go to other NCAA events. <laughs> we we. Could kind of get in trouble if we can't go there <laughs> yell at mark emmert it's mark.emmert at ncaa.org okay get in touch with him yeah come on i mean what do you want us to do like we're sitting there yes. in the press box trying to have this talk uh, i mean and on top of that like we're over here like kind of yelling because you know it's so loud outside right like we're being way more disruptive to them than we are to you but ncaa power ass. broker shahan J. raja <laughs> come here. on I, and then yes. last thing i i will say Corey said i have a feeling of what it was like to watch greg Tepper after uh, the Hail Mary for uh, North, Shore. North Shore Duncanville <laughs> because I just saw Shahan look like he just saw a ghost. <laughs> it, I mean, look, it was incredible. I was I was in my living room 
I was in my living room. We had like my folks over, and I'm like jumping up and down. I did oh my too. god! I said I had a friend. I said they did it. They did it. The, the most I could do was just stand up and turn around and just hold my head, yeah. hands on my head, and be like, "Oh my god!" Oh, I can, like happened? I can't even. I can't even imagine. That's me. I can't even imagine being like a Sam Houston fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like just some dude. The guy. The guy on the ESPN broadcast where he's going, "Oh my god, they did it!" That like, was just, such yeah. a great clip. So great. Like, I, like so yeah, I, like I had probably five percent of the reaction that some of the, the Huntsville natives <laughs> had. So congratulations again to Sam Houston. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DTTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Hey, Sean, thanks. Thanks for having me. Listen to Republic of Football. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tapper. Vince Young, please can beat your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Today.